Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for an opportunity to be in your presence, to share your word, O God. We pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to us. In Jesus' mighty name, let your word have its way in us. I pray, Lord, that you set me aside and you speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so the scripture in this verse tells us that we, ha- we don't have to be anxious for anything. It's an instruction. It says be anxious for nothing. And so there is nothing that should put us in a state of anxiety. We don't have to be anxious for anything. But it says that in everything by prayer and supplication. So the Bible re- expects us as believers to pray about everything. So there is nothing in your life that you should not pray about. Especially the things that you are anxious about. The Bible expects you to pray about those things. So the Bible instructs us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is that even though you are in a state of anxiety, even though you are in a state that looks like there's confusion, continue to give thanks. As you have prayed, just give thanks to God. Having faith in Him that He has responded to your prayers already. So it says that with thanksgiving, be, don't be anxious, but in everything just pray. With thanksgiving, let your request be, be made known to God. Verse 7 says, after you have done these things, it says that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ. So the peace of God surpasses your understanding. You cannot understand why you are at peace, but that is the peace that comes from God. The Bible says, after you have prayed, that peace will guard your heart. You know when you go to some um, some buildings that belongs to the state or some buildings that belongs to the, uh, the nation or government, there are usually guards who stand at the door to, to make sure that no intruder will come into the building. Now the Bible says that after you have prayed, the peace of God will be a guard standing at the door of your heart. And standing at the door of your mind to make sure that no intruder, no anxiety, no fear, no panic will enter inside your heart. And so after you have prayed about situations, the Bible says, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard, will protect, will garrison your heart. And so after you have prayed about things, what happens to you is that you begin to experience peace. Because God has assigned his peace to protect, to be a shield and preserve your heart. So the Bible says that the peace of God will be a guard around your heart. And so whenever you pray, 
God assigned, like the, the nation will assign military men to guard every state building. God assigned angels. God assigned his peace to protect and preserve your heart so that you will not panic, so that you will not be in fear. And this, are, this, this is a response that we get whenever we pray. It's a response to our prayer. Now, I want to touch on seven things that causes us anxiety or that brings anxiety. The first one is our thoughts and our imagination. Sometimes we imagine things that will never come to pass. You know, sometimes you are just, you are just imagining something wrong happening to you. You'll be in a state and you're like, what if this happened? What if I get in an accident? What if I become sick? What if... So all those imaginations bring anxiety and fear. Your thoughts and your imagination. It's one of the things that will bring thoughts, that will bring fear and anxiety. Now, I had a story of a guy who was walking to a place. They were just coming from the movies and he was walking in a dark place. He, he had just watched a scary movie and walking in a dark place. And there was a stick somewhere in the corner of the, the road. Of the, oh, sorry, there was a tree in the corner of the road. And the tree was moving around. And he, from where he was coming from, he could only see the shadow of the tree moving. And he began to imagine that that was a ghost. Because he's, in his imagination, he had seen a ghost. So he started running away. He started running to a different direction. It was all in his imagination. The next day when he passed by, he realized it was a tree. And that's how sometimes our imagination plays on us and causes us to be anxious. But the Bible expects us that we are not anxious of anything. So we shouldn't be anxious. You have to take, you have to take control of your imagination. Don't allow your imagination to put you or to place you in a, um, to put you in a state of anxiety. And so our imaginations and our thoughts, some of those thoughts, some of those imaginations will never come to pass. Can you imagine you can just be driving and you imagine yourself that you are in an accident. You imagine yourself that something bad is going to happen to you. And all those imaginations will bring anxiety, will bring fear. Take control of your imaginations. The happenings, the next thing is that, that causes anxiety is the happenings around us. We hear in the news. The things we hear in the news, the things we read over the internet, all those things have the potential to bring anxiety. And that is why before you even read the news, it is important that you read the good news that comes from heaven. Before you even tune into whatever is going on in the world, make sure that you prepare yourself by listening to the word of God first, reading the Bible first, to be the foundation of your day, to be the foundation of your thoughts before you expose yourself to the news. Because if you have observed very well, almost every news, every breaking news that you ever hear, it's not good news. And they will make sure that they get your attention to watch the news. There was a video of a storm. And this guy who was presenting the video, he was behaving as if the wind was blowing him away. And then there were other guys behind him who had coffee and then they were just walking. But this newscaster was... Oh, pretending as if the wind was taking him away. <laughs> and so you see, his job is to make sure that he gets you to watch the news. <laughs> and so sometimes they make things appear more serious than it is just to get your attention. When something, when one bad thing happens, look at all the news, um, the various news, um, um, how do you call it, news networks. 
they will repeat it over and over and over again. As you, anything that you repeat, anything that you watch continuously, it gets into your heart and becomes part of your thoughts. That's why the Bible tells us to meditate on the word. Because as we repeat the word of God continuously, it gets into our spirit, which is our heart. And then it becomes part of our thoughts. And then once it becomes part of your thoughts, it becomes part of your speech. That is why you don't have to expose yourself to negative information or negative news. Because those guys, they are doing their jobs. They are trying to make sure that they get you to watch the news. And so guard yourself, prepare yourself. Before you expose yourself to those things, make sure that you have heard the word of God. You have read the word of God. The next thing that can cause anxiety. So I've, I've mentioned two things already. One is our thoughts and our imagination. Two, the happenings around us, the news and the things that we hear. The third one is when you are overwhelmed. Sometimes you get into situations, you get into problems, challenges that overwhelms you. It might be family, it might be your work, it might even be seasons. Like right now, as we are going through the holiday, we are going to enter into the holidays. People get overwhelmed by the activities of the, the season. And sometimes it brings anxiety. But we are going to address all these things. The next thing that brings anxiety is uncertainty. When you are uncertain about the outcome of a, of, of, um, a situation. I don't know if you have written exams before and you are waiting for the results. <laughs> Sometimes you can be anxious. Yeah, but the, the word of God address all these things. When you, are comfort, when you are confronted by challenges in life, they can make you anxious. Challenges in life that you don't have an answer to, you don't have a question, um, you don't have a response to. Those things can make you anxious. Another thing that makes us anxious is fear. When you, when, when you are afraid, when you tolerate fear, and fear comes through information, all these things has the potential to make us anxious. We are going to address those, these certain things that I've spoken about. The next thing is when you have a bad experience. When you have a bad experience, it has the potential to just continue to play in your mind. And anytime you, are, you approach a situation like that, you become afraid because you think it's going to repeat itself. So I had a friend who... I invited him to my house. When I, uh, I invited him, he said, if your house is more than 20 minutes away from here, from my house, I cannot come because I, I'm not a very good driver. And then we checked. It was 15 minutes, so he came. The next time, we were going for lunch. And then I said, I said, okay, let's drive in your car. He said, okay, let me just warn you first. I'm not a very good driver. So I've warned you. <laughs> so anytime we talk about driving, he would just say that he's not a good driver. So one day I asked him, have you ever had an accident? He said, yeah. When I was learning how to drive, I drove into a place, a tree or something like that. And I, I had to spend a lot to fix the situation. So, because, so I told him that if you are not able to overcome that thought, you will always feel you are not a good driver and you cannot drive well. You have been driving for four years. But because of an incident that happened once in your life, you are telling yourself that you are not a good driver. And so anytime you have that thought, because he has that thought, he's not able to drive well. He said his colleagues are saying that he's not a good driver. Because he has that thought and he has that fear. Because of one wrong incident that happened in his life, he has held on to it and he has allowed that incident to hold him under bondage. So there are things that happen in our lives. If we don't overcome them, 
they will put us under bondage. And anytime we are confronted by those situations, we'll find, we'll find ourselves wanting. We'll struggle to overcome those situations. Why? Because we have allowed those situations to keep us under bondage. Now, how do you deal with your thoughts and imaginations so that you do not yield to anxiety? Simple. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything. Isn't it interesting that the Bible puts anxiety, prayer, and thinking in the same passage? And it talks about these things. It says, do not be anxious, but in everything. You know, there are sometimes, there are things that people will say, this is not a matter of prayer. This is not something you have to pray about. But the Bible tells us, instruct us, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. So the Bible expects us that we pray about everything. And so don't let people tell you that this is not an issue of prayer. The Bible says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So as you are praying, God, I thank you that I've been able to overcome this situation. I thank you, Lord, that whatever the situation is, you have control over it. Your word has said that we should not be afraid. And therefore, I declare, I give you thanks that I'm not afraid. Even at that time, you might have some panic. But as you are still saying, God, I'm not afraid. I give you all the praise. My mind is set on your word. I am not afraid of this situation. I'm giving you all the glory. The fear begins to leave you. And the Bible says, as you have made your request known to God, the next thing that happens is that God sends his peace to protect and preserve and to guard your heart from every intruder, from every intrusion, the intrusion of fear, the intrusion of anxiety. God sends his peace to protect and preserve your heart. And after the Bible addressed this, anxiety, prayer, peace, now it says, finally, brethren, whatever are true. So how do you deal with your, your, your thoughts? You always check your thoughts against what is written in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, whatever is true. Whatever you are thinking about, is it true? The only truth is the word of God. It says, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy, think about these things. Meditate on these things. And so when your imagination is going wild and you start, you start thinking, oh, what if, you, you see, sometimes you feel a pain in your body and you're like, your imagination is going wild and like, this pain, probably, it could be cancer. In your imagination, you have already diagnosed yourself of a sickness. But the Bible says, whatever things are true, the word of God is true. The word of God says, by his stripes, we were healed. And so as you are feeling the pain, the word of God is true. Set your mind on the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. Set your mind on the word of God. The Bible says, if there, if, if there is any good report, if, if there is any virtue, if, there's, if this is praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things. And so when you see that your imagination is going wild, bring yourself back into line. Because they are, you might not be able to control the things that comes inside your mind, but you have the power to control which of them you think about. So things might flash inside your mind. It's like the devil will tell you, this can be cancer. But you decide not to think about it. 
Think about the word of God. Put your mind on what the word of God says. You might hear a voice that whispers wrong things to you, but set your mind on the voice of truth. The voice of truth is the word of God. And so you have power to take control of your imaginations. When your imaginations are taking you to places that the word of God does not support, that the word of God does not encourage you. Bring back your imagination. Bring back your thoughts on what the word of God says. Because the word of God is true. The only thing that can meet all this criteria, everything that has been laid out here, the only thing that can meet that criteria is the word of God. The word of God is true. The word of God is noble. The word of God is just. The word of God is pure. The word of God is lovely. The word of God has a good report. The word of God has virtue. The word of God is praiseworthy. And therefore, we have to meditate on the word of God. When Joshua was made a leader and he was afraid, God told him, do not be afraid. But he says that if you are going to have good success, meditate on the word meditate on the word if we are going to be able to overcome fear if we'll be able to overcome anxiety if we'll be able to take control of our imaginations we need to meditate on the word of god as believers the bible says that set your mind on things above where god is seated and so now that you are not, you are a believer you're not an unbeliever set your mind Think about what Jesus, as you are feeling the pain in your body, set your mind on what Jesus did on the cross. Set your mind on the price that Jesus Christ paid so that you'll be healed. Set your mind on the, the price that Jesus Christ paid so that you can become a child of God. Set your mind on the joy of being a believer. And do not set your mind on evil thoughts or on wrong thoughts or on fearful thoughts. Set your mind on the word of God. That is how you take control of your imaginations. And that is how you overcome anxiety that is caused by your imaginations. The next thing is the happenings around us. There are things that happen around us that brings fear. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14. He says, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And so Jesus Christ says that I give you my peace. He says that the peace that I'm giving to you, it is not the type of peace that the world will give you, but it is my peace. And that is why we call the Lord Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. And so in the midst of the storm, we have peace because he has given us peace. He says, my peace, I live with you. So Jesus Christ actually left his peace with each one of us. And so as we are walking about, we have the peace of God. Because Jesus Christ has left his peace with us. And the peace that Jesus Christ has given us is not the peace that we obtain from the world. You know, people think that if I'm able to have so many things, if I'm able to have a lot of money, then I'll have peace. But I tell you the truth, there are a lot of billionaires who do not have peace. There is peace in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has given us peace. And so when you find yourself in a place, things are happening around us. And it's because things are happening around you. You've heard of murder. You've heard of arm robbery. You've heard of stealing. You've heard of various attacks. Just walk in the peace of God. 
because know that Jesus Christ has given you peace. And that is the peace that you have. It is not the peace that you obtain because there's law enforcement. Of course, law enforcement is good and they are able to maintain peace. But that is not the type of peace that we have. The peace that we have is peace that we have received from Jesus Christ. And so we are brokers of peace. When we go to a place where there is no peace, we have peace. As we are walking about, we are walking with peace. And we bring peace to situations where there are no peace. I'm sorry, where there is no peace. Because Jesus Christ has given us peace. And he says, do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So Jesus does not want us to be afraid. So as you, as you wake up in the day, you, have, you, you, begin, you, you begin to experience anxiety. You begin to experience fear. And you cast your mind to John chapter 14 verse 17. That Jesus Christ has given me peace. And the peace that Jesus Christ has given me is not like the peace that I obtained from this world. My heart will not be troubled. I will not be afraid. You confess that my heart will not be troubled. I will not be afraid because Jesus Christ has given me peace. Now, there's a very interesting story in the Bible. When Peter was arrested and he was going to be killed, the next day, the Bible tells us that Peter was going to be brought out the next day and he was going to be killed. In Acts chapter 13, verse 5 to 7, the Bible says, And when they had arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. I'm sorry, it should be Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Right. Peter therefore kept in prison. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church and when Herod was thinking I'm sorry and when Herod was about to bring him out that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison now behold an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Peter was in a situation that he was going to be brought out the next day to be killed. But I'm surprised at how Peter was able to sleep under that condition. He slept so much that the angel had to strike him to wake up. How could he have slept in a con? Can you imagine that you are in prison and the next day you will be brought out? And it's not like this has not happened before because James was kept in prison and James was killed. But Peter was kept in prison and he was going to be brought out the next day and killed and, and be killed. But Peter slept in the midst of the pre- in the prison whilst the, there were chains on him and everything. He was asleep. He slept so much that the angel had to shake him to wake him up. And I wonder, was it because Peter had given up? Or was it because Peter had seen Jesus Christ sleeping in the midst of the storm? And he had learned from Jesus Christ that even though there was a storm, the man was sleeping. And so even though I'm going to be killed the next day, he, remembered, he knows that Jesus Christ had told him that upon this rock, I will build my church. And because Jesus had told him that upon this rock, I will build my church, 
He knows that he can sleep. Nothing will happen to him. Because the word of God is true. Because Jesus had told him that he is Peter and he was going to leave the church, he was able to go to bed and sleep, even though they, they said they were going to bring him out the next day to be killed. I'm sure if we found ourselves in a situation like that, that day we'll just be walking about in the prison. We'll be talking about our last prayer, or maybe preparing our will, and we are ready to go because we are going to be killed the next day. Because at this point, he had been arrested by the most powerful king on earth, and he was going to be brought out the next day to be killed. But the man was able to sleep because he had confidence in God, because he trusted in God, because he had seen Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm. The man was sleeping, and so he was just following after the footsteps of Jesus Christ. That is peace in the midst of the storm. <clears throat> Even though the situation around Peter was that he was going to be, he had a few hours more to leave. That's what they said. But he had peace in his heart, knowing that he has given his life to God, knowing that he belonged to Jesus Christ, knowing that he belonged to the most powerful king. He was able to have peace to sleep at that time because of confidence in the Lord. And so, no matter what happens around us, our peace comes from God. And that's why the Bible says that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we experience peace. No matter what happens around us, no matter what we hear, we know that we have received peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter knows that Jesus says, my peace, I live with you. And so in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of imprisonment, in the midst of death sentence, he still slept so much that the angel had to strike him. Because if he wasn't sleeping, as soon as the angel appeared in the prison, the man would have been awake. But he slept so much that the angel had to strike him because he had peace, because he trusted and he had confidence in the word of God. And so no matter what happens around us, right now there is news of um, there's going to be economic hardship, there's going to be difficulty, there's going to be high inflation, there's going to be unemployment, there's going to be all that. There's so much that the, the world is telling us. But can you have peace? Can you just trust in God? Can you just trust in the word of God? That no matter what happens, he says, I will never leave or forsake you. He says that I am your provider. He says that I will take care of you. He says, look at the birds of the, the air. They don't work, but I take care of them. Look at the flowers. They, do, they don't do any work, but look at how they are clothed beautifully. I take care of them. Can you just trust in the providence of God? Can you just trust that the word of God about his provision is true? And therefore, no matter what the world tells us, no matter what CNN predicts, no matter how the stock market is looking, we will trust in the word of God. Because whatever, is, whatever thing that is true, whatever thing that is noble, whatever thing that is just, whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are lovely, whatever things that are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, praiseworthy, think on these things. When you read the old King James, it says, think on these things. That should be our meditation. And so no matter what happens around us, no matter the outcome of the event, can we just practice peace? Can we just experience peace like Peter? Who slept even when they said they were going to kill him? 
he was able to go to bed. The next thing is that I wanted to touch on this next week, but let me just mention this. The Bible says, And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away, captive, and pray to the Lord for it. For in it peace, you will have peace. This was the message of God to the people of Israel when they had been carried away as captives to a different land. And he said that, Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried. And so as believers, when things are happening around us, we have to stand up in prayer and declare peace in the city where we find ourselves, in the nation where we find ourselves, in the state where we find ourselves, in the community where we find ourselves. It is our responsibility to declare peace to that community. Because the Bible says that when we declare peace into that community, we ourselves will experience peace and enjoy peace. And that is why the Bible says that we should pray for our leaders so that we live a quiet and peaceable life. And so when things are happening around you, you are hearing of wars, you are hearing of um, um, gun, gun crimes, you are hearing of I'm Robbie. You are, you are hearing of murder. You are hearing all these things. Take charge and declare peace and pray, pray peace. So the situation around you, there will be peace. When there was a storm, Jesus Christ said, peace, be still. Even though he was sleeping, he knew nothing could happen. And so he was just asleep. But for the sake of the people who were afraid, he said, peace, be still. And so when there is a storm, as children of God, you know, people are quick to say, oh, God is raining down judgment to these people or to that person. But like I keep saying, as believers, we are the light of this world. We are the salt of this world. And so as long as we are here on earth, we are responsible to maintain order. And that is why we have to intercede for our cities, intercede for people, and continue to pray that there will be peace wherever we find ourselves. The next thing is when you are overwhelmed. When you are overwhelmed by things that happen around you. This is the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus Christ visited them. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to, 30, um, 38 to 42. Now it happened as they, went, as they went that they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into their house. And she had a sister called Mary who, was, who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. This is a very important statement. The first statement that Jesus Christ made was, you are worried and troubled about many things. So it wasn't even just about the cooking. But Martha was worried and troubled about many things, many other things. Sometimes we carry so much burdens on our head. We worry ourselves about so many things. 
But Jesus Christ said, and, but one thing is needed. And Mary had chosen that, that good part, which no one would take away from her. And so there are so many things that we worry about. You see, sometimes there are things that are out of our control, but we worry about those things so much. There are things that we cannot do anything about at the moment, but we worry and disturb ourselves about so many things. And to us, Jesus Christ is saying, you put your name there, Robert, Robert. You worry and trouble about many things. Put your name there. That's Jesus Christ talking to you. Do not trouble yourself about many things. Jesus Christ said one thing is needed. And that is what Mary chose, to have fellowship with God. What brings peace? No matter what situations that comes around you, don't let the situation overwhelm you. Know that one thing is needed. Sometimes when you are confronted by situations and you cannot do much about it, you just pray about it and you hand it over to God. That is all you can do. No matter how you, you worry, no matter how you try, no matter whatever you do, Jesus Christ said, by worrying, who has been able to add just one inch to their height? By worrying, you don't worry about, whatever you worry about, you will, you will not be able to solve. So believers, in Philippians, the Bible says we should think. The Bible does not say we should worry. There's a difference between thinking and worrying. Sometimes we get them mixed up. You are supposed to think. That is what the Bible expects you to do. But you are not supposed to worry. So the Bible says that you, Jesus told Martha that you worry about and, and you are troubled and worried about too many things. But one thing is necessary. And so when you are confronted by so many things that worry and trouble you, know that one thing is necessary. Your relationship, your fellowship with God. Keep that intact. There might be things that happen around you, but know that the Lord has given you peace. And therefore, you are not overwhelmed by the things that you experience. You are not overwhelmed by the things that happen around you. Jesus Christ says one thing is necessary. And let's know that one thing in our life is the most important thing. That is our fellowship with God. The next thing is uncertainty. Most of us here, unless we receive a prophetic word, we don't know what is going to happen in the next 30 minutes. We don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't know what's going to happen next month or next year. And so we leave our lives to professionals and they keep giving us predictions of what they think will happen. But professionals do, professionals do not have the final say. Of course, they are trained. They could have final say in certain situations, but as long as my life is concerned, they do not have the final say because my life is in the hands of God. And so Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 24, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about life, about what you eat, nor about the body, what you put on. Life is more important than food, and the body is more than clothing. Jesus makes a very important statement here. When you are troubled about where you are going to eat, when you are troubled about what you are, go what you are going to put on or where you are going to live, and Jesus Christ is saying your life is more important than all these things. What if your life is taken away from you? 
You don't even get to worry about where you, what you are going to put on. Because your life is more important. Your life is more expensive. Your life is more precious than food or than clothing. And if he has been able to give you the most precious ones, he's been able to provide the more important ones, why wouldn't he pro- provide the rest? So he says life is more than food. And the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor rip. The birds who fly in the sky, they don't work. They don't sow. They don't rip. But the Bible says, which, of, which have neither storehouse. They don't have a storehouse. They don't have a barn. But God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Know that if God provides for the birds in the sky, he will provide for you. If the flowers in the field, God remembers them and takes care of them in the right season. And we get beautiful flowers in the right season. God does not forget them, but he provides the rain. Then God will provide for you. And he's, therefore, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not burden yourself. Do not overthink about tomorrow. Because God will provide for you. God will supply your need. And therefore, you don't have to be anxious about the outcome of tomorrow. The world is getting us to panic right now. They're saying the market is going to be buying. So when people begin to panic, then they start buying things. They start buying unnecessary things. Things that they don't even need, they begin to buy. Start taking their money out of their investment. And start taking rash, making rash decisions. And some of those decisions will not end well. But the Bible says, do not... Do not worry about tomorrow. You, are, you, are, you can think about tomorrow. You can plan for tomorrow. But do not worry about tomorrow. When you think, you, you are able to make the right decisions. But when you worry, you cannot make the right decisions. And so the Bible says, think on these things. Think about whatever is noble. Think about anything that is praiseworthy. But don't worry about tomorrow. Because God have you covered. God has your tomorrow covered i'm just going to make one more point and then we'll close we'll continue next week on um we'll continue next week on anxiety but i'm just going to add one more point and then we'll close when we are confronted with challenges when you are confronted with life's challenges remember the words of jesus christ He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ says that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulations. But the good thing is that rejoice because I have overcome the world. Everything that you ever confront, Jesus Christ has overcome it for you. And Jesus Christ has made you an overcomer. And so be of good cheer. Do not worry about the things that you are confronted with. Do not worry about the things that you are faced with. Do not worry about the things that you encounter or you go through, the challenges, the difficult problems that you are facing right now. He says, I have overcome the world. He says, in me, you will have peace. So as you are in Jesus Christ, know that you have peace. If anything wants to take away that peace, remember that he said he has left his peace with you. And do not worry. Do not be anxious. Let me just move on to the next one instead of um, spend. Let me just touch on this one. 
and then we'll close for the day. Fear is one of the things that brings us anxiety. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Note what the Bible calls fear. It says it's a spirit. And so there is a spirit of fear that does not come from God. See, there are people who are afraid of everything. But the Bible says it is a spirit that does not come from God. And if the spirit does not come from God, where does it come from? It comes from the devil. But you are a child of God and therefore you are not supposed to allow the spirit that does not come from God to dwell in you. The Holy Spirit is what lives inside of you. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he has given us a spirit of power. A spirit of love. And a spirit of a sound mind. And so we have a sound mind. We don't have anxiety. Because God has not given us anxiety. God has not given us fear. God has not given us panic. What has God given us? He has given us the spirit of power. The spirit of love. And the spirit of a sound mind. And so you tell yourself that you have a sound mind. You reject the spirit of fear because it doesn't come from God. So when you find yourself afraid of anything, reject it because it doesn't come from God. And receive the spirit of power. And so when you wake up in the morning and you're afraid about anything, you tell yourself that I reject the spirit of fear. I receive the spirit of power. I walk in the spirit of love. I have a sound mind. As I go out today, I am able to make the right decisions because God has given me a sound mind. God has given me the spirit of love. God has given me the spirit of power. Amen. Shall we begin to pray right now? In the name of Jesus, we overcome every anxiety. The Bible says, but in everything we should pray. And when we pray the peace of God that, pre, uh, that supersedes our understanding, that surpasses our understanding, will preserve, will guard, will garrison and protect our heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit every thought into your hands, O God. We declare that we are not afraid. We declare that we are not anxious. According to your word, we are anxious for nothing. But we pray right now, O God, and we declare that we experience peace. We receive the peace that you have given us in the name of Jesus. And we walk in this peace. In Jesus' mighty name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.